0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. Have a special episode of Kentucky Daily for you. Our first guest to ever appear on this podcast uh, was Chris Dorn, SEC Network analyst, former Florida Gator. He appeared on this podcast a year ago, a little over a year ago, to preview the 2020 football season, the one that we didn't even know if it was going to get off the ground or not. We got that 10-game SEC schedule. Chris came on and talked about it. He also made another appearance on the podcast, one of my favorite guests, someone that I've kind of got to know over the last four or five years working in media, Uh, one of the nicest guys that you can meet and you can talk to. Every, Every time I reach out to him, he always tries to find a way to make it work in between his shows and everything that he has going on there with SEC this morning and some other things that he does there for the SEC network. So Chris is going to come on and talk about Kentucky. I want to talk about the SEC that is just a couple of days away now. Tennessee kicks things off on Thursday, and then the rest of the league will kick off on the weekend. It's a big-time weekend. Uh, stadium's welcoming back 100% capacity, full capacity across the SEC and college football, so it's an exciting time for that. It's going to be nice to get back out there and experience those atmospheres the way that they should be. I know that you all who listen to this show, you're excited about that. Those of us who cover this program in this league are excited about that. Uh, but the stadiums in full capacity is going to be something that at one point I think we took for granted, and we never really realized how impactful those environments were until you got to go to one of those games last year and see how uh, small those crowds were and the, the, little, the very little impact that they had on the outcome of games. And uh, Kentucky is certainly a team that needs Kentucky fans out there at Kroger Field. I know that they're going to want capacity crowd Especially for that week two game versus Missouri, that Chris is going to mention here on this episode, because we're going to talk about how big that game is for both those programs in week two. We're going to talk storylines, Will Levis, William Cohen, and then maybe a dark horse team in the SEC that's kind of flying under the radar. But I'm not going to waste your time anymore. Let's jump into this interview with Chris Doring. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good to be back with you, Sean. Thanks for having me, man. I know we're uh, we're now a year into this podcast, and you were our first guest on That's the right. show. I the forgot about out. that. Yeah, it means a lot
1: yeah. being a Florida guy too. Yeah. I, I appreciate you having me on and having me back.
0: Well, we're we're definitely talking about SEC football on this episode, Chris, and it's 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 here now. I mean, the wait yeah. is over. It starts uh, with Tennessee here in a couple of days. Just what are you looking forward to this week about finally getting this thing started? I'm I'm excited to finally see what all
1: of the, the hype is about with some of these teams, you know, I, I think we're, we're looking at teams with very different perspectives. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking at Alabama and, and their ability to continue to reload, not only on the playing side of things, but on the coaching staff. We're looking at, at teams that you know look to take a step forward, like Ole Miss, who uh, I'm really excited about this year. I'm excited about Kentucky and what they can do this year. I'm, I'm excited about Missouri. Uh, and then there, there's those teams that I think may have overachieved a little bit last year. I think Arkansas probably had a little more success than they probably should have. Not that they should have, but maybe uh, ahead of where we thought they would be. And so the bar maybe set a little higher than it otherwise would be in Fayetteville. So there's a, a ton of different stories. The biggest thing, Sean, I look forward to is getting back out to the stadium with with full parks again and and uh, seeing some sense of of nor- normalcy. Hopefully, with fingers crossed, that will be. Uh, much like what we uh, had always come to love about college football complete with all the tailgating and and fanfare that that takes place here in the SEC on Saturdays in the fall
0: yeah and Chris Kentucky is a team that is getting a lot of respect when you come yeah. to when it comes to the w- predictions where they finish in the east I had them second I know Cole Kubelik had them second some others have put them there what are your thoughts on this team heading into the season
1: well you you know this Sean I think one of the the things i've been on the kentucky train long before a lot of other analysts have just because i've I've been a fan of of coach stoops and what he's built what what the administration has allowed for in terms of patience and letting a vision come to fruition and so you know i'm i'm big on on what kentucky's been able to do and making a very difficult change to 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 fire eddie grant and, and move forward with liam cohen what they're looking to do in terms of of creating more of the downfield passing threat that you have to have in college football these days, all while trying to retain that physicality that uh, Kentucky's become known for. And I asked coach Stoops this when we were in Hoover for SEC media days, are you a little nervous about opening things up in the passing game and potentially losing some of that, that uh, MO that you created? So he, he was candid and said he was, but he believes that, you know, what, what Liam Cohen likes to do with a lot of the outside zone and running the ball physically that way, is actually going to help their play action passing game that the boots and the nakeds that come off of the running success. So I'm excited to see what uh, he brings in in terms of, of some new schemes that they can meld with some of their old stuff. And then a defense that I think is really, really talented. And uh, maybe the biggest thing is, is seeing Will Levis. I've heard a ton yeah. about him. Haven't had a chance to see him uh, yet in, in action, uh, whether it be practice or obviously, you know, a game in, in the Kentucky blue and white, but I am excited about what he can potentially bring uh, to stabilize that quarterback position and 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 create a little bit of a uh, a downfield threat in the passing game to complement what we've always come to expect from from Coach Stoops' teams, and that uh, that's the ability to run the football.
0: Yeah, and when we get to this point where right before kickoff, the the word intriguing really pops out to me. You you have those teams that are just intriguing with the storylines, and Levis is one of those. Liam Cohen's offense. Uh, how intriguing is Kentucky and it's kind of wild to say that about a program who's you know under the direction of a head coach it's been there almost a decade but they're one of the the more intriguing teams I think in the league and in college football I I think we have to look at what people have historically expected from Kentucky and I still
1: don't know that Kentucky gets the respect outside of the SEC that they probably deserve or even within the SEC uh, by some fans I, I hear you know I I I talk good about Kentucky, and, and and I get I get blasted on social media for oh that's the same old Kentucky. Well, if you if you haven't watched Kentucky lately, then then you have no idea what this Kentucky team's about. Uh, they're 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 very talented. Uh, they've created depth of talent at every position. Uh, that competition at every position has only raised the overall play of the entire team, and uh, they have you know, the, exactly what you need in this league. And that's, it's the physical mindset on the lines of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. So I am excited about this. I'm excited. My dogs are excited about Kentucky, but um, you know, I, I think, and Sean, I've talked about this a lot on on both of my shows on television and on the radio that second week of the season is the low key sneaky big game of the season in the sec Uh, Kentucky has a chance to pay back Missouri for what they did to them last year in Como, I think it was the low point of the Kentucky season, and may have been the the impetus for for replacing uh, Eddie Graham with as futile as that offense was. Um, but I, I I look at this as the game that's going to decide who challenges uh, Georgia and Florida in the East this year, and it's a, a game that I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to right now.
0: But one position I know you're going to have your eye on is the wide receiver spot. Kentucky lands Wando Robinson via the transfer portal. Josh Ali decides to take advantage of that extra gear. Just uh, what, what do you think about that position overall? And honestly, a lot of these guys that's been in the program, Chris, we really don't know much about them because Kentucky yeah. never really – that never really could utilize that passing game.
1: I actually feel sorry for the wide receivers because I think their growth was stunted back in 2019 when the offense had to shift to the Lynn Bowden-led rushing attack – Uh, They didn't get a chance. They were glorified blockers in like a triple option scheme back in the day where they knew they weren't going to have an opportunity to catch many passes. Um, Didn't really get a chance to develop much that year. And then last year, it was really tough. I mean, I didn't see guys that could separate very well. And when they did separate, they were inconsistent catching the football. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how Liam Cohen has coached up that position specifically within his offense and You know, what the addition of Wandale Robinson, I know there's a a lot of uh, excitement about what he brings. He's a a proven talent at Nebraska. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be fun to see what that offense is capable of if they actually have a little bit of balance. It's amazing how well they've been able to run the football the last few years with having very little threat of, of the vertical passing game.
0: Now, give me your surprise team in the sec it can be the east or the west maybe a team that's kind of flying under the radar that no one's talking about right now that you think could really surprise maybe even you and and everyone else
1: well i've had kentucky on that list as a a dark horse um you know i think missouri fits in that same mold in my opinion i I love what coach drink has done in in como in terms of of uh, the culture that he's creating there the chip on the shoulder that those guys have the recruiting ground that they've been able to make in a short period of time uh, Connor Bazelak, there's two guys in the SEC that are highly underrated. One of them you know very well in Chris Rodriguez and, and is not talked about enough, and the other is is uh, Connor Bazelak. I don't think enough people are talking in a year where very few teams return experience at the quarterback position, a guy that has the type of, of not only experience but success that Connor Bazelak had last year, nonetheless, as a freshman. So uh, that's a team that I'm excited about. I think, I think Ole Miss takes a huge step forward this year. I think that's a team that could win nine or ten ballgames this year. And it's largely because of, uh, you know, we think about the offense, but I think the defense is what is the the, the real uh, mover of the needle this year. They were miserable last year. The idea is, that, hey, just be average, and you probably win two more games than they did in 2020. So I, I think when you you look at Otis Reese and what he did in the final three games of the season after finally getting that, that transfer waiver, uh, the way they can utilize him, all of those defensive players having another year under their belt, and D.J. Durkin's scheme, and and maybe most importantly, just having the pure defensive numbers on the roster up uh, is going to help them out. So I'm really excited about them, and I think everybody nationally is going to get a chance to see that on Labor Day night when they're the primetime show, the only show in town on primetime that evening.
0: Last thing I have for you, Chris, you've been a part of this league for a long time. And it's about to expand and add Oklahoma and Texas, college football, college athletics in general, changing every day. Just what are your thoughts on those two programs joining a league and just making it even stronger than what already has been?
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to look at it two ways. One, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist, the guy that grew up in this league as a fan of it as a kid, my parents both went to Florida. I was in the swamp from the time I was five years old and on. Uh, I love the traditional rivalries in this league, but you know, things are changing. And when you get a chance to bring in two blue bloods like Texas and Oklahoma, uh, it's an obvious decision. And um, I'm excited about trips to Norman, Oklahoma trips to Austin, Texas. I'm excited about, you know, what those two teams are going to be welcomed with in this league. Cause I can tell you it's a player. It is an absolute grind from week to week. There are no bye weeks And I think everybody's excited about Oklahoma this year. You dropped them in the sec this season. I think they probably go nine and three to be honest with you. So they're, they they better be careful what they wish for. It's already done now. Uh, I'm hopeful that they get into the league here and start play in this conference uh, at the latest of 2023. But it would be great to see them next year and how quickly they're able to acclimate to the kind of play here in the Southeastern Conference.
0: Chris, great stuff from you. Uh, Sorry
1: about the dog, Sean. I no, appreciate you.
0: <laughs> no problem. I, I appreciate you always finding time to come on and uh, hopefully hopefully at some point I, I might see you this season somewhere.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it again, man. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Take care,
1: buddy.